You're listening to the Me, My Bag and I Austin podcast. Hi there and welcome to Me, My Bag and I podcast. Today we're going to be talking about all things bowel cancer for the Awareness Month. My name's Andrea and I'm currently in remission from bowel cancer and I also have an ileostomy. Hello everyone, my name is Richard Biddle. Um, I work for Colostomy UK and we look after lots of people that have had or are in remission from bowel cancer. Hi, my name is Nikki Samways. I'm um, a community stoma care nurse in the Birmingham area. I've been in um, bowel nursing for over 20 years and in stoma care for over 10. So I guess my bowel cancer journey, it, um, I was diagnosed at the end of 2016. Um, for the year following that, I increasingly became more poorly. But I am a bit of a tricky one due to a previous autoimmune illness. So we did think it was flare-ups of that illness rather than anything more untoward. Um, During that year, oh, I just had so much fatigue. I had increased going to the toilet. There was blood in my stools. I had pain. And then just probably the few weeks before I was diagnosed with it, um, I was struggling to eat. I would vomit every time I would eat and then there'd be more blood when I went to the loo. It was just a rice old mess basically. And then um, there was just one night I had a particularly bad night and I thought, oh, I can't cope anymore. So I took myself off to A&E and from there I had various tests. I had x-rays, I had a sigmoidoscopy. I also had a colonoscopy the next day, which was delightful having the camera in twice in 24 hours. And then yeah, I think it went then they took me for a CT scan and a week later I had those horrible words which were, Andrew, you have cancer. And I was still, I think I was in hospital for a few more days until they decided, no, you can go home, go and, go and relax and be in comfortable surroundings. And um, the month I had, look, unfortunately I was diagnosed just before Christmas, so I had to wait for my surgery for a few weeks because my surgeon was very honest. He said he wouldn't be around for the Christmas period and he would prefer to be there in my recovery time, which I appreciated. So I agreed and had it after Christmas. But that month in between was such a whirlwind. There was so many different tests. I met my clinical nurse specialist or Macmillan nurse. I met with stoma nurses. I had another colonoscopy to tattoo my colon so they knew where the tumour was. And I met with my surgeon twice. I met with my stoma nurse again and got marked up for where they might put my stoma. And so when she gave me the little pen, because I had to keep that on during Christmas time. So that, that way it was quite funny. I had these big two dots on my tongue for the whole of Christmas. And then, yeah, it was the 12th of January. I had my surgery and must admit I was petrified and my mind was just whirring with all sorts because, you know, just even the thought of, having a stoma, let alone having cancer, your mind's just in a complete roller coaster. And, you know, I had all these thoughts where I wasn't sure what people would think about me because I was having a stoma, whether they could see it, whether my boyfriend would go off me, you know, you think all, all sorts of things. Luckily, the surgery went well, and I was in hospital for about ooh, 12 days before I was allowed home. And my stoma nurses were incredible. They were just the right amount of friendly and caring but also pretty strong and made me do things they wouldn't let me get away with stuff and what I found was brilliant with her was that despite me physically 
perking up from the surgery, the stoma nurse wouldn't let me be discharged until I felt comfortable myself in changing the bag with myself. So she gave me little tests and we did it in section by section, which gave me the confidence, you know, to go home and do it on my own. But um, then I had a course of chemotherapy, which I was on for seven months. And I guess it wasn't until probably a month or so after I finished chemo that I actually knew how my insides and my stoma was working because I realised that chemo affected my output and what, and as well I couldn't eat as much. So um, I guess my stoma life properly started after chemo in a way because that's when I got used to the, when it would, when the output would come after eating and, you know, various things like that. And um, yeah, it was, a, it was a funny old year, 2016 and 17, but I guess... One of the best things you can when you're going through that is just to talk to people. I, I see a mixture of patients, obviously, some with cancer, some without, and um, uh, I get the referral from the hospital and then go and see them after their surgery. I sometimes see them before, like Angie said, I'll sometimes see them at home and do the chat and put the marks on the tummy <laughs> and tell them not to rub them off and give them the pen, like you said. Um, but mostly I see them after surgery because the hospital stoma nurses tend to see them before. Um, so I'd say really having a bag is bigger than the cancer diagnosis sometimes. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, and they hear cancer, then they think, oh, I can just chop that out. But then now I'm left with this reminder, really, I've got to mm. deal with as well. That's not going anywhere quick. Um, so they're quite traumatised by that. And I think um, it's quite, I always say to patients, it's not rocket science changing a bag, it's the psychology, the body image, the, how it makes you feel, like you said, yeah. about your boyfriend. You know, That's the biggest thing with stomach. And there's no magic wand, it really is a time frame and it just takes a little while. So my job is to go in initially, check their getting on okay. Like you said, they should have ideally done a bag change in hospital and be quite competent. But as we all know, stoma nurse in the community, that always doesn't happen. And you do get that odd patient having the disasters. Um, so you you talk them through it. You go through any problems they're having. Um, stoma can be a bit swollen initially after surgery, as you know, so it changes shape. Yeah, mine definitely did. Yeah, yeah. It changed size quite so you, what? And sometimes the bag you started off in the hospital, which worked a treat because you were hardly eating and you weren't moving much, you get home. You start eating more and everything, the bag starts to have problems. And that's, I think, where we as community stoma nurses come in because we start to, you know, rectify these problems. So the bags, I mean, we're looking now, I think, at this point that we've got such a choice of stone bags that you can try different bags on patients and what works for them. So really, that's my job to find the right bag for the right patient and to make sure they have no leaks and that their quality of life is good and I always say let you be in charge of the bag don't let the bag be in charge of you and to um just be able to go out and I think the confidence like you probably found comes with having a, a bag that doesn't leak isn't it oh yeah yeah it, it's everything isn't it I think um, I remember the first I mind you I still do it sometimes but that first year I would always walk around with my hand over where my bag mm. is whenever like in the flat fine but Going outside or in public would always hold yeah. hold my tummy. But I think I still do every now and again, especially. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. But I think it's like clothes. You start off with quite loose clothes and things, and then as you get more confident, yeah, that's... you wear tighter clothes. <laughs> so right, I think I lived mm. in joggers and yeah. PJs for the first, yeah, was, well, up until chemo time, and then maternity jeans, and yeah. then I started to get a bit braver and went to normal stuff. <laughs> I think it is because I think people think everyone can see it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's sort of more psychological. No, definitely is. Practical. But it's just, I think, to take the fear out of the stoma, I would say to patients, it is your bottom on your tummy. You know, you can't really go too wrong with it if you mess up. And just to get that fear from it. So it's just getting the confidence up with the patient, really. And once with things like chemo, um, that that can obviously affect appetite, um, let, make them feel really tired, um, affect the output, obviously. And this is to be really careful with. Um, and if that was if that was a real problem, you you've got to be involved the GP. You've got to get them back in hospital if they've been recently discharged. But going forward, as if then the output settles down and everything, if they want further help and advice or want to speak to fellow ostomists, it's good to put them in touch with support groups like the Colostomy Association or um, Iliostomy Association or other patients that have actually been through the same experience of us, which can help them um, come to terms with having a stoma. So Colostomy UK, we, we don't differentiate by stoma, we look after anybody with a stoma and um, it doesn't matter how they've come to have that stoma either but of course we do look after lots and lots of people that have had bowel cancer Um, and we've been doing that now for just over 50 years so we've got some uh, pedigree Um, so we we support people in lots of different ways we're what you would call a volunteer centered uh, charity so we've got nearly a hundred volunteers up and down the country, all of which have either got a stoma or have had a stoma. And um, so one of the ways that they they help us is that they uh, cover our 24 hour helpline. So it's free to call, people can phone with any any issue they want really, um, and we support in that way. So our volunteers will talk about uh, stoma management issues but they might also help um, with somebody that perhaps is travelling abroad for the first time and has got queries about um, what they should do if they have a stoma and they're abroad. So it could be tips around simple think, things. Vanisha's say, I think I looked on your um, your site when I went right. from the first time I went away actually Did about you? that for tips. Okay, so, yeah, yeah oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, we're doing. I mean, we're doing stacks of work with airports at the moment. Um, we're working with them and training all of their customer facing staff because something that people that have got stomas really worry about is going through scanners. Yeah. They also worry about um, taking their medical supplies and that. So we're actually now involved in training so that uh, airport staff understand what it's like to have a stoma, i.e. an invisible condition. So we do lots of work there. So we can support people that have got those kinds of queries. Um, but we support in in other ways too. So we, um, for example, we produce lots of literature, um, lots of booklets uh, for every conceivable issue you can imagine with stomas, um, which again, we we send them out freely. Um, Stoma care nurses use them all across the country. You can get them on our website. Um, and the other thing that we do, and this is closer to my heart, um, is that we produce Tidings magazine every quarter, um, and I'm the editor of Tidings. Um, so we have lots and lots of contact with people that um, at various stages of their stoma journey. Um, so I talk to and I interview people that have just had stoma surgery and people that are, are much further down the track and some of the things that have been said already are very familiar. Um, so people that I've speak to that have had bowel cancer, for example, 
one of the things that they always say to me when they look back on their journey is they they give several pieces of advice. The first one is don't ignore your symptoms. You should always uh, seek help, however small or embarrassing perhaps the symptoms are. They always say, I wish I'd gone earlier. Um, another thing that they, they say to me is to draw heavily on the support of your friends and family if they're around. I think they're, that's kind of invaluable. Um, and something that else that comes out, which was mentioned earlier, this idea about awareness of what stomas are and what life might be like to live with one. I think one of the things that we see a lot is um, people get a diagnosis of bowel cancer and at that point they've probably never heard of it, they don't know what a stoma is. And then they start making connections with the kind of the historic connections with colostomies and old people, mm. etc. Yeah, and so they go into their, uh, their cancer surgery almost more frightened of what life is going to be like afterwards with a stoma. And so one of the big ways that we can support people and that we do support people is trying to show them that having a stoma is not the end of your life, it's the beginning of a, a new chapter. And it's that kind of support, that emotional support that I think that we, we're able to contribute a lot. Um, and we're there for the long term for us, uh, you, you know, the patients that call us. So we can kind of support the work um, that the likes of Nikki is doing in the community and in hospitals. And we can, um, you know, perhaps be there for the, uh, the non-medical stuff where we can offer some experience-based advice. I think your um, Facebook group was one of the first groups that I joined after right. after I had my set. I didn't kind of go looking for other people and other patients before I was diagnosed and at my surgery because I thought it would scare me too much. So I waited until I was probably a few weeks after surgery, after I was at home, and I started looking. And, and Colostrum UK was probably the first Facebook group I right. joined. So I remember just reading and getting tips and then... Yeah. You know, seeing but, other people who've lived for it for, yeah, 40 yeah, years and then okay. people who are like the same as me. So, no, it's it's great, like you were saying, to talk to other people who've gone through it and are going through it because it does help a lot. Yeah, and we our, our Facebook group, um, and I think this is just partly a reflection of how people like to get help now. They don't want to write letters or mm. uh, they want it immediately. So our Facebook group group has grown. Um, we've got just over 8,000 members on it now. And what we find, and what you're saying mm -hmm. there, Andrea, is very common in that people join and they kind of observe, first of all, and they just look for information. Um, and then when they become a little bit more confident or a bit more stoma experienced, then they start imparting their um, hints and their tips. Mm -hmm. And I'm an article that we've got coming out this time in the tidings coming out in the spring. One of the ladies there talks about how it became almost a second family to her because true. it was a way of actually connecting with people mm. um, in a very safe environment because you just, you, beyond your name, you don't have to say anymore. And she said that, you know, she's found out information, she's helped people, and she's drawn real support just from seeing that she's not alone. Mm -hmm. You know, there are plenty of other people experiencing exactly what she has done. 
No, it's true. Like from from that, I kind of moved on to Twitter and Instagram yeah. and things, and then you start, you know, from like you say, observing. You'll do one like, and then you'll start commenting. And then you become yeah. friends with people. Now, now a lot of my best friends are actually fellow bowel cancer. So quite some other cancer people there mm-hmm. as well. But a lot of my yeah, I would say some of my best friends at the moment are bowel cancer patients. You know, it definitely helps to share with other people going through it. And I remember my stoma nurse also said that she did say when you feel comfortable you know well, look I out for people you can help you can give medical advice we can we do our yeah. job but we're not living it 24 yeah. 7 and that's where you get the support from isn't it that people who are living the same exactly i think i've said you. to people it's like when you're pregnant and have a baby you're yeah. in a you know a mother and baby group afterwards yeah. aren't so you any then, big change in any yeah. in life life changing event it's nice to know other people are going exactly. through it isn't it the same um talking about um the cancer community and Facebook groups and things like that. Um, I'm on my Instagram account. I think that's probably where I talk about my life with the stoma more frequently, with various stories and posts. And I am now, I do call myself a serial bag flasher. I think it's funny. I think I'm more confident showing my body now than I was pre, pre anything, <laughs> pre surgery and the likes. But it is such a great platform to share and get to know people for instance like I get quite a few messages from people just asking me like how I was diagnosed if I went to a doctor how long do you does it take to recover from surgery and you know just general questions about having a stoma and having bowel cancer and chemo and it's it is it is nice to be able to you know reply and give your tips and give your you know inputs on what you've been through but I always you know make sure that you know, they do go, go to a doctor or a nurse or speak to a nurse or whoever. But I think with that one thing is you've got to also remember that we're all different. So we all go through a li- go through things a little bit more different. So I might be flashing my bag and being super positive. But like Richard said earlier, I do have my down days. And you know, what? that's totally okay. We can be up and down all the time. But if you ever want to send me a message or chat to me um, my instagram is at goodasgold underscore akr long story on the name but take a look and you'll see me flashing my bag so my advice if you've been diagnosed with bowel cancer and you're going to have a stoma is yeah it is incredibly scary and frightening you're going to think all sorts of weird and strange things but it's not once you've gone through it, you look back and go, wow, I've just been through this huge thing and I've got through it. You will get through it and your life does change a bit. It does change and you do have your reminder of your bag. However, you can still do all the things you did before. You can swim, you can shower, you can have a bath because I know a lot of people don't realise you can you know, get your bag wet. You can go to the gym, you can you know, you can try and eat whatever you want. It's, it is a wonderful thing and it is, it might be a changer, but it's your little lifesaver at the same time. So you just have to take it slowly, take it one day at a time and talk to people, seek advice from your nurse and from groups like Colostomy UK. And when you feel comfortable enough, try and chat to people who've been through it because you'll get so many tips on how to, you know, change your bag, 
the things like if your skin gets sore, somebody will tell you, oh, use calamine lotion or use this. And, you, you know, you don't always, you wouldn't have thought about that unless you've spoken to somebody. But yeah, it's just always remember you will get through it. And no matter what, you're not alone. You've got so much support from your stoma nurses. And if you look out for the cancer community, they are people who are willing to help and give you online hugs, let alone physical hugs. Um, yeah, so my, my advice would be, and I base this on, on people, that patients that I've spoken to, um, as I said earlier, many of them say don't ignore your symptoms, you should always seek medical advice early. I think, uh, just to add to what Andrea was saying, I think that you have to understand that going, going through having a cancer diagnosis and then going from there to have stoma surgery, um, it is an emotional roller coaster, and I think that it helps to be told that at the beginning. So you're going to have days when you um, are very frightened and scared, um, and then you have to just try to focus on on the end when things are going to improve for you. Um, and then the other advice I think I would give is that um, you'll you'll often see stories of how it's really worked out for people, but along the way they do have bad days and so you're going to have bad days too and you're going to have days where things just don't work out and those are the days when you you should pick up the phone to somebody like colostomy uk or you should seek advice perhaps through our support group or see what's on our website because that's where you can then link up with somebody that's gone through exactly the same thing and uh, draw support from them um, and that's a, perhaps a different kind of support than you can get from um, a family member or a friend who's there to support you but hasn't had the lived experience of what you're going through. And that's yeah, it's what I say to my patient. I mean, it's a day at a time. It's you know, I always say, look where you were last week, look where you are this week. Mm. Take it a week at a time because it's such a life-changing event. And like you say, with bowel cancer, it's not just you've had the you've had all the lead-up, all the tests, the diagnosis. You've had major surgery. You've got a bag now. Things have changed. You've got probably got more um, treatment coming afterwards. So it's it's a year plus out of their lives, and it's um, being kind to themselves and taking support um, from you know like fellow ostomists from support groups uh, is invaluable, and just to be kind to themselves. Yeah, I think it's it's the physical, but it's also the mental well-being massively. That's at stake. Yeah, um, and the latter is something that you know until recently hasn't been talked about enough and I think that if we can talk about that then that in itself becomes a me method of supporting people. Definitely I think that's what I mean I think most nurses run the same that you don't discharge your patients it's an ongoing service they can come back to you and they do they, they might just send you a text or an email or they're just running can they eat this can they do this should they take it and it's just I think having that support network there is really important to the reassurance isn't it the yeah. physical recovery yeah. you know just the that and that you're not on your own and everything but I think like you said not to ignore any of the signs either I mean the obvious is the bowel we always say look for any change in bowel habits um are there any bleeding um, when you go to the toilet any more frequency bloating anything that just isn't your normal um but also if you are at an age where you can do the bowel screening that comes through I know it's not a very pretty test to do, um, but the amount of patients I've seen is a lot that have had absolutely no symptoms and just did the bowel screening and got picked up on it. So it's life, it's actually life saving. Yeah, we have loads, loads, loads that, that nothing, no symptoms at no all. No symptoms, send it off and then they're 
absolutely shocked. Yeah, so it's not always. So these screening processes, we're lucky to have. And I think if you've got screening, use it. And bowel screening is such a good test to do. Um, but obviously, if you're not feeling right, go to your GP. Uh, if you feel you're not getting success from your GP, just keep going back. Listen to your body. Lots of times people get missed as well, unfortunately. Well, thank you ever, ever so much for listening, everybody. And we hope that you've uh, taken some tips and some good advice from today. Thanks for downloading the free Me, My Bag and I podcast from Salts Healthcare. If you enjoyed it, please hit the subscribe button and the next podcast will come straight to your device. We care what you think, so it'd be great to hear your thoughts. Please leave a review on iTunes.